Welcome to Restoration City Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed by this message. So I want to go to the word of the Lord and I want to say this, um, what the Lord has given me. This may not be for everybody. I, I need to just make that disclaimer. This word may not be for everybody, but it is an important word that I have to share. And I, I don't believe I'm going to be too long, too long in sharing this morning. I won't be too long. So if you have your Bibles, if you can turn your Bibles to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. And we're going to read from verse 11. Judges chapter 6 and verse number 11. And if you'll follow with me in your your Bibles, Judges chapter 6 and verse number 11. It says this, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belongs to Joash, the Abanites, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Verse number 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But But now the Lord has forsaken us, and has given us into the hands of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Will you bless the Lord with me? We thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. We pray that you'll speak through your word and speak to those, Father, who need a word of encouragement this day. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord our God and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name, and we say amen. We're going to look at Gideon this morning and the conversation that he had with the Lord. I especially really want to draw your attention to what Gideon said. He said in verse number 13, Please, Lord, if you are with us, why then is all this thing happening to us? If you are with us, why is this? Why am I going through what I'm going through? And where are all the miracles? Where are all the wonderful deeds 
that our fathers, what they fathers spoke about, where are all these miracles we're supposed to be seeing? And uh, they began to ask of the Lord, but the Lord now has surely he has forsaken us and given us into the hands of the enemy. It is, to understand this text, it's, it's, we need to just look back a little bit and set this up about how they have got to this situation. We know that the scripture dis- declares that God was a God of, is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we see through the time after Jacob, we saw the leadership of Joseph in Egypt. And then we read about the raising up of Moses. Moses was one of the, the deliverers that led the children of Israel to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And then we see the next leader was Joshua. But after Joshua, there was not a spiritual leader that was there to give directions as before. And so after the death of Joshua, until the time of Samuel, oh sorry, King Saul, the nation of Israel was led by certain individuals which were called judges. And so the whole book of judges is those who were called into this position. The children of Israel for 40 years had enjoyed a certain amount of freedom under one of the leaders called Deborah. She was a female leader and one of the judges and and for 40 plus years they were having a great freedom. But for the past seven years, what had happened was the Midianites began to grow in strength and the neighboring nations began to rise up against the children of Israel. And the reason why they were right, there was, they raised up against, they rose up against Israel was when you read through the book of Judges, there's a, there's a few verses that repeats itself. And the verse is this, that the people, they did what was right in their own eyes. And whenever you begin to start resolving your own issues, In your eyes, it may be right, but in the eyes of God, it's completely different. And what had happened was God allowed the adversary to have an advantage over the children of Israel. Such was the advantage that the children of Israel, they found themselves every time the Midianites and the other nations were coming around, after they've put all their crops out, after they have all their things The enemy will come and raid and plunder their goods. And the children of Israel had to scatter. They had to hide. And the Bible says that in the early chapters, in chapter 6, that they began to hide themselves in dens. And they made caves and strongholds. And every time they will see the adversary coming, the Midianites coming, they will scatter and they will go and hide themselves in these caves because of the adversary. And it was so bad that the Bible describes the invaders that they were like swarms of locusts. And they were coming from every direction to the point where it felt it would look like the children of Israel was outnumbered. And it was so bad, whenever there is such a crisis It was so bad that the children of Israel began to cry out to God. 
We should always do that. Whenever we get ourselves into any problems, any situation, we should know when we need to cry out to God for help. And this is exactly what they began to do. They began to cry out to God for help. And God answered their prayers. And God answered their prayers by sending a prophet. And the prophet comes and he prophesies to them and speaks to them of their deliverance. He speaks to them and reminds them of the promises of God, but the promises of God was based upon the condition that they had to be obedient to God. It's amazing that many of us have prayed to God and cried out to God for certain things. But isn't it strange that God does not come down himself from heaven and comes and speaks and visits us, but he will send somebody as a response to your prayer. So there are times when you may be praying and God will send somebody to you because of the prayers that you have prayed. You have also got to understand that there are some people who are praying that God wants you to go to because of their prayers. I, I recount a time in my own personal life when uh, I was in transition of a, of, of a particular job. And a recruitment agency contacted me and asked me to come and see them. But it was not a local recruitment place. The place was far. And I was reluctant in going to this recruitment place. But I felt that prompting. You know when you get that prompting in your spirit that there's something bigger than this. And you've got to know as believers, we've got to know when there's a prompting in our spirit even though it may not make any sense to us logically, but you know when God begins to speak to you. Nevertheless, I went to this agency and I sat with them and they began to talk with me and was asking me about what my plans were. And then they came up and they said, "There, we have a perfect job that we have waiting for you. And I, I was like, okay, let me hear. And they began to describe the job. And I was thinking from a perspective of monetary, it was okay, monetary. Um, and yeah, and the job seems to, the spec and everything seems to fit in to my skill set. So I said, okay, I will go ahead and I will apply for the job. And in applying for the job very quickly, I received the job. But you see, I was going into the job from the perspective of it's a job that pays me my money so I can go and pay the bills. I was not thinking that there was a greater purpose behind this. I was not thinking that there was, that God had orchestrated this particular job at this particular time because I was to be an answer to a prayer that was prayed. And it wasn't until I started to work that people began to tell me that they had been praying for me to be here. They had been praying for someone, for a pastor, to turn up in the business because they needed pastoral help. And I was able, I was there thinking, okay, I'm here, i got the skill sets, I'm here to work. But I found that in the job, I was ministering to people and people kept coming up to me and I felt really awkward because I'm here to do a job, 
but people needed pastoral help. And I felt really guilty until the management began to say, they, they explained and said, it's okay for you to, to minister and, and, and to, to speak to people. And I was allowed to leave my work and we had different offices that you can go in and just begin to speak to people. And I had so many people that um, I began, the Lord would just drop a particular person's name to me and I would just go and speak to them and say, can we go into this room? And as I go to sit down to talk to them, the Lord began to download information. And I'll begin to share information with them. Some of the things, I'll be honest with you, did not make any sense to me. But that was not the, the point. The point was that God wanted to use me as an answer to somebody's prayer. And I was able to share the counsel of God. I was able to share wisdom. I was able to share insight and help so many people um, within that particular organization until my assignment was finished. So sometimes you are called to, to speak to people. Sometimes God will put you in a particular network of people. And you're wondering, why am I in this particular network? It's because somebody may have been praying and God has, is raising you up to be an answer to that person's prayer. You may be in your family and you may be thinking, why all of a sudden now the focus on the family is turned towards you? It's because God wants to use you to bring an answer to a particular issue or particular problem in that family. Sometimes we, we, we're in a job and we feel we're comfortable in a job. We've got a good salary. Everything is going fine. Then all of a sudden you get uprooted. And you're wondering, why am I going into another company? It's not even a company that I want to be in. But you could be an answer to somebody's prayer. God always needs somebody. He's just looking to see who will be available that he can use. And so here is a man by the name of Gideon. And Gideon was one who was just like everybody else. When the Midianites were coming, everybody scattered. They scattered to their dens. They scattered to the caves. They found strongholds and they all disappeared. And the enemy would just come and plunder and take everything. Imagine after a whole year of working, after a whole year of sowing your crops, that just when it's time to reap a harvest, the enemy comes and take away all your hard work, take away your property, take away your stuff. And each time you have to start all over again. And here God's answer to this situation was to raise up a man by the name of Gideon. But Gideon was like everybody else. Gideon was one who was hiding and hiding out in the wine press hoping that the Midianites, hoping that the enemy would not find him and would not find his stuff. And the Bible let us know that the angel of the Lord turns up to where Gideon is. It's amazing that when there's times when we feel we want to go hiding, that God knows how to find our hiding place. There's times I've, I've personally gone into a church and I said, I just want to, I'm not looking for any leadership. I'm not looking for anything. I just want a place where I can hide out, where I can just chill out for a moment. I don't want anyone to know my name. I don't want any, I don't want to know what I've done. I just want to hide somewhere. But God knows where to find our hiding place. And he knew where to find Gideon. And the angel of the Lord turns up to Gideon while Gideon is in his hiding place. And he appears unto him and listen to what the angel of the Lord says to him. 
the Lord speaks unto Gideon while Gideon's hiding and says to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. I just want you to let that sink in for a moment. He's a mighty man of valor who's hiding in a wine press. It doesn't look like a mighty man would be hiding out in a wine press, but the Lord assures him and lets him know the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Some of us don't know our potential or purpose until trouble comes. It is sometimes when we're in trouble that we need to get desperate that causes our faith to begin to increase. And some of us have no idea of the greatness that is in us because what we see around us seems greater than what's actually in us. And how we see ourselves is so important to how God can use us. When God saw Gideon, he didn't see a man that was just hiding in the wine press. He didn't see a man who was afraid of the enemy or what the enemy could do. When God saw Gideon, he saw a mighty man of valor. When God saw Gideon, he saw potential in the man who was hiding. And the word valor means strength. The word mighty man of valor, the word valor also means power. To be a person who's valiant. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse number 9. This is so important. 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse number 9. It says this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. The eyes of the Lord goes, runs to and fro throughout the whole earth. Why? To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal. So God is looking for people that he can show himself to be strong. Now you might look at Gideon and you and I would look at Gideon and say, well, Gideon, you don't look like a strong man. You look like a person who's a coward. If you are hiding in a wine press and hiding your stuff, you don't look like a mighty man. Well, I'm so glad that we, we don't have to listen to what everybody else says. What is important is God, what God decrees over our lives. And God was ready to show his power. God was ready to show his deliverance. And God wants to show his power and his deliverance to those who have been loyal to him. And so this morning, as you are watching, and this morning, for those of you who are listening, I want to ask you the question, is how do you see yourself? And whether you see yourself this morning as a mighty man and a mighty or a mighty woman of God. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? And how do you see yourself? Because sometimes we allow other people, we allow how other people sees us to affect how we see ourselves. And that's why people say, well, pastor, why do you preach the way you do? The way you do? 
because so many people need encouragement because there's so many people around us who are affected because of their low self-esteem on, on how they see themselves. There's sometimes there's some people around you that don't encourage you. And that's why when you come to church or when you hear the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord is to encourage you to find your purpose and your potential. That's what the word of the Lord does. So sometimes we have to be careful when we ask people about, about their opinions of ourselves. Jesus was bold enough to ask his disciples and said to his disciples when they went out, go and ask people, who do men say that I am? That's a bold thing. I don't know if I want to go around and ask people, what do you think about Delroy? Because I might not be happy with the answers that may come back. But Jesus was so confident. He could tell his disciples, go and go and ask people. Go out in the marketplace. Go out in the streets. Go and ask people, who do men say that I am? Because the issue is, do you see him as a carpenter's son? Or do you see him as the son of God? Is, is your perspective, although people have been walking with him and his disciples were walking with him, and after he asks, who do men say that I am? Then he asks his disciples who were with him, who do you say that I am? What's your opinion of me? You've watched me. You've been with me. We've walked together. We've ministered together. Now let me hear your opinion of, of what, who do you think I am? Or who do you say that I am? Can you see the potential? Can you see that I am Christ, the son of the living God? Or do you see me as Jesus, the carpenter's son? So it is. it takes a certain amount of courage to ask people opinion about who we are. But we have to be careful that we don't allow people's opinion to begin to shape who we think we are. It becomes very dangerous. And sometimes we, we, we measure ourselves against other people. We compare ourselves with other people. And sometimes when you start comparing yourself with other people, you can sometimes get into a place where you become intimidated. People sometimes ask me, Pastor, when you're preaching and you're on a platform with so many other big preachers and, and affluent preachers, how do you feel? It doesn't bother me in one least bit because I do not try to compare myself with another person. If you start comparing yourself with other people, you start to get intimidated by what they have or their gift. And then what happens is jealousy and confusion and all these other things starts to stir up within you. You have been called to be unique. You are called to be different. Is how do you see yourself, which is so important? Because some of us have to realize we've been cut from a different cloth. I'm not supposed to be like someone else. But there are people who would want to compare you. They compare preachers with pe preachers, singers with singers, musicians with musicians. We are all completely different and cut different. So it's about how we see ourselves. And sometimes People, sometimes this is a, a real question that we have to wrestle with. If the truth be known, so much, so many of us in the church have to wrestle with this question on, on how do we see ourselves? Because there's no one who knows you better than yourself. 
There's no one who knows you better than yourself. And there's some people that may celebrate you and say how wonderful you are and how gifted you are and how great you are. But then when you go away and you're by yourself, you know your mistakes. You know your faults. You know your own personal insecurities. And then, I don't know about you, but there's been times when, I, I you know, people have been... Oh, pastor, you're wonderful, and pastor this, and that. but you don't know my. You, it's like saying you don't know me. And sometimes we we wrestle with our insecurities, we wrestle with our faults, we wrestle with our mistakes, and sometimes we do ask the question, why would God use me, and how could He use a person like me? And so sometimes there are people who go through a place of self-rejection or there's some people who who carries around a spirit of shame and these can really affect you when you when you have a spirit of rejection when you when you when you're a rejected person it simply it simply says that i've done something wrong and therefore i'm being rejected or the spirit of of shame is is that i'm a bad person because i've made mistakes and i have weaknesses And this is why, because it's so important how we see ourselves, because how you see yourself will determine the choices that you're willing to make. I say that again, how you see yourself will determine the choices that you are willing to make. Some people make bad choices because of how they see themselves. And so I believe that each of us individually have to answer that question. How do I see myself? And then how I see myself, does it line up with how God sees me? That's a question to ask yourself today. How do you see yourself and does, and how you see yourself Does it line up with how God sees me? Because all of us here, those of you are here and those of you are watching by by media, we all crave and want the same things. All of us want to be accepted by everybody. We all want to be in a position where people accept us for who we are. We don't, sometimes we, we try to change because we, we want to fit into an environment. We, sometimes you would hear when, you, you know, I remember working in, in a particular, I was in management and I was taking a, a, a group of trainees and we was going through Croydon, was taking, was going from one building to another and I was with a group of trainees and we just finished training and we was walking through Croydon and I'm from Croydon. So I saw some of my peoples. And so what happened was, just instinctively, I just, yeah, wah, wah, wah. And I just, naturally, how I greet my people. And I forgot that I was with trainees. I was with management trainees. And, and they were all looking at me it's like, what just happened? Because it's like you went from English to, I don't know what that was. Um, but what happens is sometimes when you're, when you're a group of people, you try to fit into that group. 
And then when you're with another group of people, you try to fit into that group. Because all of us wants to be accepted. Nobody wants to be the odd one out. We all try to dress in a certain way, speak a certain way, so we can all fit in. We all crave that. We all want to be accepted. We all want to feel, get into a place where we feel we belong. You belong to a family. Those of you here in Restoration City Church, when you come here, you want to feel accepted. You want to feel that this is my church and I belong to this group of people. There's a beautiful feeling when you feel that I, I feel accepted here. I feel like this is my home, a place of belonging. And all of us wants to, we all crave the same thing. We want to be successful people. We all want to be valued. People look at us and value us, uh, 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 you know, as, as people that's important. We all want to be loved. That's something that we all crave. But we have to allow something greater than our circumstances to define who we are. And we have to allow sometimes those convictions that those convictions come because it's to drive us to a higher purpose. So, brothers and sisters, God will allow us to go through some things. God will allow us to go through some struggles. God will allow us to go through some challenges in order to reveal what is inside of us and how can God use us to be more effective by him. So when God saw Gideon, what he saw, what was, what he saw was what was inside of Gideon and not just his circumstances. Is what was inside of Gideon. First Samuel 16 verse 7 says, The Lord does not see man, sorry, the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So people will look at you and they will judge you by what they see. You have to understand that. When you go for a job interview, if you turn up, you tear up jeans and trainers, that is how they're going to judge you. You won't get the job. Okay? Just understand that it's not about being racist or anything. It's just that they're going to judge you by what they see. You have to understand that. Whether you feel it's right or wrong, but that's their impression of you. Man will judge you by what they see. But when it comes to God, God looks at the inwards. He's looking inside of your heart. He's looking at the potential that is sitting inside of you. He's looking at the greatness inside of you. And God wants to use you and me. But Gideon asks his question and said, Lord, if you are with us, Lord, if you are really with us, <laughs> then the question's got to be asked. If you're with us, then <laughs> what is all, what is, if you're with us, why then is all this happening to us? Lord, if you're with the church, why then is all this happening to us? If the church is the church, why has COVID happened? If I am a man of God and I pray, why is COVID still here? 
Can I go a little bit further? If you prophesy to us and tell us that Donald Trump win, how come Biden's got the votes? Talk to me, somebody. We, we have to ask certain questions. Lord, if you're with us, then I, I can't understand why has all this thing happened to us? And there is something about fulfilling our own destiny that makes you at peace with others. There's something about fulfilling your own personal destiny that makes you at peace with other people. That says, I don't have to be jealous of people. I don't have to be vindictive. But I'm going to allow people to walk in their calling. Because you have to deal. What is important is you have to deal with the frustrations that's going on inside of yourself. In order for, for Gideon to be able to move forward, for God to use him, he had to present to God his frustration. And his frustration was, where are all these miracles that our fathers talked about? Why is all this stuff happening to us? So he be, you have to deal with these things and bring these things so that God can deal with them. Because how Gideon saw himself was so important in order for God to be able to move him over. Because some of us, we have not dealt with the issues that's in front of us, but we want to be used by God. But we haven't really got down to the nitty-gritties and deal with the issues. God, because sometimes we're scared, and, and sometimes I have to say, God, I need to speak to you, but don't, you know, everything's written in the land book of life, and you, you write everything down. Just hold a pen on for a second. Because there's some things I need to say, but I don't want you to strike me with fire. I don't want you, but I need to get certain things off my, my chest. Because God is big enough to handle our frustration. And if you're a Christian and you say you never got frustrated, then you haven't really pushed yourself. If you've never got to a place of frustration, then you're in comfort zone. You ain't a person of faith. A person of faith is always taking risk. They're always going further and further. And the more risk you take is the more you got to lose. And there's times when it's so frustrating because you're looking and saying, God, why is all this stuff happening to us? We're in lockdown again. Some people being made redundant again. I just got a job. And I just got a job. And I'm redundant again. The people knocking on the door again, asking for money. We have to be truthful people and bring the frustration. God, if, if you're saying you're with us, then why is all this stuff happening? And until we overcome, and sorry, in order for this, we need to ask God, to heal some of those broken areas in our lives. Because Gideon was a broken man. Because he was broken, because for seven years, every time he planted crops, they came and took it. For seven years, the enemy came. Imagine, not seven days, for seven years, Every time, could you imagine if we were to put it in today's language, every time I get a job, I lose it. I get another job, the, the, the tax people come and say, you owe us money. 
Every time you, you get a pay rise, the student loan people come and say, thank you very much. I'm glad you, okay, that's a sore point. <laughs> but imagine for seven years, scraping to get by. Every time you put something together, something comes and taken away. Your savings are taken away. Your money's taken away. Your car's taken away. Your property's taken away. For seven years of pure frustration that what happened was Gideon became a broken man and God had to heal him of the brokenness in order to be able to use him because many of us will not bring our brokenness to God to heal us and so we are in church but we are still dealing with our brokenness we're still dealing with our issues because we have not come to God with our issues for God to be able to deal with our issues. Y'all ain't hearing me. I wish I, I wish you were with me today so I can hear some amens and some hallelujahs. Nevertheless, let me finish. So we need to overcome those areas of insecurity so that we can be, we can be moved or that we can be brought into the forefront of our destiny. That we can look face to face and eyes to eyes. What God had in mind when he called us. When you called me and called us by name, Lord, what did you have in mind when you called me? Have you ever thought of that? Lord, what did you have in mind when you saved me? For some people, I was raised in church. Church was my thing. I was raised in church. I did try to do a little wandering. Had a little wandering spirit for a little while. But then you get to the point where you, 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 you begin to question, Lord, when you called me, for some, he called us out of the clubs, called us out of the world, called us out of darkness, called us. But Lord, what did you have in mind when you saved me? What was your purpose? And what we need to do is be face to face and eye to eye so that we can understand, Lord, what did you have in mind? Why me? Why did you call my name? You call other people, but why did you call my name? Why did you save me? Because I tell you, there's times I've I should have been I should have been killed. There's times when I've dri driven and cars have just missed me. But Lord, why did you save me? Three three life saving surgeries. So Lord, why did you save me? I need to understand and look eye to eye into my purpose and destiny to know why did he call us and what counts for our success is when you recognize your purpose and you become all that God intended for you to be but in order for that to happen we have to overcome spirits of manipulation we have to overcome Spirits of frustration. You have to overcome spirits of low self-esteem. You have to overcome other people's agendas of how they think you should be and how you should be and how you, how you should act. And you have to come overcome other people's ideology and ideas of how they want you to be and how other people want to shape you into what they think you should be. Because sometimes 
In our world, we tend to measure our success by our finances. The more finances we have is the more successful we believe we are. We sometimes measure our success by how talented we are or how much skills we have or how famous we are. But there are a lot of famous people, a lot of skillful people, a lot of gifted people that are not pleasing God. There's great ministries that's out there, but they haven't pleased God. So my question is, am I pleasing God with what he has placed within me? I've got to finish here because of, of time. But when we read, I'm going to finish off next week. But without the frustrations, we will see no change. Because what, what I'm going to show you next week is that how God was going to use brokenness to bring about victory. How God was going to, how God was going to use brokenness to bless others. That the frustrations that you and I go through, the very challenges that you and I go through, God was gonna, God, we're gonna see next week how God can take the, the, the shatterings, the breakings that happens in our life and says, I'm gonna use what you've gone through to bless someone else. And it's gonna take a certain level of brokenness to reveal a glory that's been locked up inside of us. Because we think differently. We think because a person's gone through brokenness, we throw them to the scrap heap. We think because a person's life has been shattered, we throw them to the scrap heap. Because a person's gone through frustration and stress and disappointments and failures, we throw them to the scrap heap. But not that's not how God thinks. God is saying in this season, I'm going to take the brokenness that you've gone through. I'm going to take every wound, every criticism that you've had to go through and endure. All the different things that you've, the silent frustrations, the things you haven't told anybody, but you kept it to yourself. You just buttoned it and kept it to yourself. God says there's a level of glory that has not yet been re released that I'm going to find where your hiding place is. And I'm coming for you. Some of you who are listed as our close, you have so many, you have so many hiding places. You're hiding behind excuses. You're hiding behind failures. You're hiding behind so much different things. And God is saying, you are the one that I'm, I came looking for. You are the one. But you said, but Lord, you don't understand you. You don't understand. Because of how you see yourself, you see yourself as broken. You see yourself as being crushed. You see yourself as being a failure. You see yourself as being unsuccessful. But yet God is saying, you're the one. We pray you're encouraged with the word of God. For more information about Restoration City Church, please visit us at www.restorationcc.org.uk.